This is episode 12 of Eat, Play, Sex. Here's a hot highlight for what's to come. And she met the most amazing man and got married. And I don't mm. understand. She's kind of heavy and she's not really that beautiful. And she doesn't dress that well. I said, she, she has game inside. She loves herself. She knows who she is. And yeah. that inner core comes out. And the man is attracted to that. You know, he's attracted to the way she makes him feel instead of being about me, 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 I need my attention. Oh, and people that are so narcissistic or so full of themselves, I mean, I hate to say it, some of them are very shallow when it comes to really going deep. So they have love loops sometimes more often than others. This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with your Queens of Climax, Dr. Kat and Di. The place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Side effects of this podcast may include more lovemaking, hormone harmony, spontaneous sex, exceptional orgasms, less sugar cravings, and more sex cravings. In rare cases, listeners experience a strong desire to try new sexual positions and lube with organic edibles. If you experience moods happier than usual, contact your Facebook friends immediately. So I just don't understand what kind of communication or signal I must have gave him for him to think that it was okay to send a dick pic. Whoa, wait, what? You literally got one. Yeah, it seems to be like a regular occurrence these days. <laughs> Guys, this is not an invitation to send Diane any dick pics. No, no, but I mean... Unless she asked for them. No, yes, yes, consent. And she's not asking for them. No, I'm not. I mean, I mean, maybe one day I will, but not, for the, not with this person. I went on one... I wouldn't even call it a date. I went dancing with him with his friends one night, and we were talking back and forth, and he just seemed like a nice guy, and I just don't know. I don't know yet. And then just randomly out of nowhere, he just... After we hung out one night and dance and the next day he just said thinking of you wait thinking of you or dick pic thinking of you i don't know is your dick thinking of me or are you thinking of me he sent you the picture yes oh 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 okay where in what manual are we learning that we send a dick pic that soon in the game <laughs> how do people are learning how to flirt i feel is that like flirting i i I don't or is that squirting? Know. Is that squirting or flirting? I don't, even know. I don't even know what you would call that. But you know what I'm seeing more and more? It's, it is so important to learn the art of flirting. We need all of you good flirts out there because you all feel, make us help us feel good about ourselves. You make us, you know, it's playful. Flirting is playful. But what is it? What is constitutes flirting and what constitutes squirting? Or just rude behavior. Yes. I, I, I mean, I didn't, I, the old me would have been like, ew, and throwing the phone. But I, of course, now that we have the <laughs> show and I'm more, you know, compassionate about people's needs and like, maybe he needs some attention. Maybe that, maybe that's what he has really truly believes is flirting. Like maybe mm. he was trained that way. And so my compassionate hat got on and I said, you know, I'm not really sure what led you to believe that that was appropriate, mm-hmm. but this is not how I flirt. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, while if this is an advancement that you are flirting, then I'm flattered. But this is not this is not the kind of flirting that I participate in. Wow, that's really powerful. Normally, I do let them know this is not consensual and this is not how I prefer yes. to engage. You're, and you know what? You empowered me. I did say those words. I Yay. said, I said, this is not a consensual conversation. And um, and then it ended up being, you know, at the end, he was like, oh, I knew I wanted to. I, I, I needed to have you the moment I met you. And I was like, needed to have 
have me. Now, do you can you please describe what needing to have me means? So like, you continue the conversation. Yeah, and then I just thought, uh, I'm just going to let this one go. Because I would have just ended it. I did after that. Yeah. So anyway, today's show is about flirting and doing it the right way. The right way? I don't know if there is a right way, but there either. is a consensual way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, there is. So the question really is, is like, what what is flirting in 2017 yeah how do we be a good flirt in 2017 yeah. i think it's more about being than doing yes because we are human beings not human doings yeah. so so um ask yourself is this squirting or flirting that's the next time you ever feel compelled to send a naked picture of yourself to someone that might not consent okay so today we are actually going to interview one of both of our really amazing friends renee piani oh love her yeah so she both of us um dr cat and i have interviewed her for projects that we've done and so this is like the first time we're coke interviewing her for something yes, so we're super stoked full circle for us i interviewed her on playboy radio renee piani is an international relationship reinvention expert huh? mm. and consultant who helps busy successful people heal their hearts so they can find true love isn't that the truth though how busy we are and yeah. sometimes too busy for love yeah. She has worked internationally helping single men and women discover real life solutions to find happiness. And she's known, get this, the love designer because she assists people with clarifying their vision and developing an action plan to create a lifestyle aligned with their goals. Amazing. She really helps us to get real, to get truthful about what we're creating in our love lives. She's really helped people become the person that will attract their ultimate match. I like that a lot. Be how do we become our true selves so that we truly attract someone that is our match instead of being someone that we're not or doing someone that we're not? Yeah. Instead of being who we are. And when you said the word love designer, I just think about like gutting a house, remodeling it. And Renee is like the interior designer that helps us helps us redesign our entire inside so that we can truly attract and entertain people from the outside in. I and, love that. And that term match. I recently had somebody bring up, they said, last time I checked, love isn't about matching somebody. And and I could see where they were coming from. And, and I don't know their background in that, but because love in general, yes, we can love anybody, but for a partnership to find somebody that we resonate with, to find somebody who has similar values and similar ways of working through negotiating our differences, we it, it, some people we won't work well with. Yeah. And people who send you dick pics too early on, maybe. If you're not into that. If you're not, into <laughs> maybe, but there are some, there are some women who are, and they are his match. Yes. And Renee, didn't you do yeah. some things for match? I've done, I've done so many things for so many different companies. Like currently with loveme.com, um, ladies out there, I work with men around the world who are looking for love in foreign countries because they feel there's not a lot of warmth and snuggliness going on with uh, women in America that the women brush them off and push yeah. them aside yeah. and are very nasty and have super high expectations, you know? So I have allow the working. door to be open for them. Oh, the, there's no door. They get doors slammed in their face now. It's really interesting because I 
also pioneered the first uh, rapid dating company. It was the first non-denominational speed dating company. So I got to see the actual flirting working in rooms for over 500,000 people over all these years at all these conventions and seeing people match that really weren't even open energetically. It was really interesting. And I know you guys are into all that. And there's so much to say, you know, about attraction, about finding love, because all of us go through, I always call them situations, right? We're all in different love phases and love situations, and it affects our energy and our openness to flirt. And flirting and connecting, really what my version of flirting with life is, is being in and being present every day in your life to have fun and to just open up your eyes instead of being on your stupid phone. I think phones and um, the technology has almost ruined the actual connecting uh, of people, especially well, well, with dick pics being wait, primary, you know, true like that. people are, Speaking of dick pics and embarrassing situations, we want to ask you a burning question before we get deep into flirting and connection and and the reality of our love loops, which is something that, oh, guys, you got to listen to this show. It's going to we're going to get into, you know, before we ask you the question, the, the one of the biggest things that I think people will take away from this interview is that love loops are something that we have internally self created it, you yeah. know, we talked about the cock block with Dr. Hernando a, a few weeks ago and how we can literally cock block ourselves from, you know, getting diving deeper into sex, connecting with our partner and connecting with ourselves, mm-hmm. with our stories. Right. And the patterns we find ourselves looping right back into in exactly. to relationships. Yep. And so today we're going to talk with Renee about love loops and dating and flirting specifically and how they can block us from attracting the person that we desire, which being vulnerable with the ones that we love and then keeping once you get this special someone or, you know, maybe it's multiple people who knows um, that special someone around by prioritizing your growth and balance because like cat like dr cat said it's like the match it's about ourselves and it's not about like the other person it's about the love really and it could be any other person so anyway we want to ask you a burning question and you can pick one of two to answer (laughs) uh well i'll go ahead i guess it would probably be the sex question we've got to ask you the questions first because what if it's their first time hearing the show Oh my God, they will miss my sex question then. I have so many stories to tell, but that really, I was like, oh my God, I got to tell that. Oh my God. So question number one, what is your most embarrassing sex moment? And question number two, what was one crazy diet or nutrition thing that you tried for the sake of your sex health or body? Oh God! I think I, I I think I want to go with the sex question first. I, of course, I I I, I think that the, uh, the sex question. I think the most embarrassing moment for me because I thought I was pretty experienced in the sex world was actually having a G spot orgasm with someone that was super experienced in it, and I you know had such an overwhelming exotic reaction um that I thought that I was peeing on him and I got so embarrassed it was like and the guy the guy kept saying it's okay it's okay and I'm like but I'm peeing on you You (laughs) so I would say out of all the embarrassing things that was probably the 
the one. But then on the other hand, it, it taught me, uh, uh, you know, about really releasing and letting go. Yeah. To, you know, you have to really be released and surrendered to somebody to, to allow that to happen. So it was embarrassing and also like a wow, like this is possible, you know, because you read about it and you see it and then people are afraid of it because you have to let go. And yeah. I think it embarrasses people to really, really let go yes. sexually. I know since you two are sex girls over there, a sex expert, especially you, Kat, and I know that Diane is very, you know, very sensual woman. It, for women, it's, it's an embarrassing thing. Because we, we are allowing someone into us and mm. pressing on, on parts of our body that literally can cause so much of a chemical reaction that it makes you addicted to that feeling of surrender. So but I think I'm that seeing, that's... that's and what I'm seeing is that um, when you say exotic reaction, you mean female ejaculation. <laughs> well, yes, I do. And it's, it is an ejaculation, but when you're not taught... You know, when you think about orgasm, you know, you think about the rush that comes through your body, but not actually the physical excretion, you yes. know, like just wow, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I was embarrassed. I was because I wasn't all the way safe, you know, even though I was, was really close to this person, I wasn't totally like in love. I, I could say I was growing in love with this person, but I wasn't like surrendered in a partnership at this, but we were, you know, right. really exploring and so I felt kind of vulnerable and embarrassed, but it was really actually a great thing because he opened up that door. You Abs know, so. Absolutely. And I think yeah. you bring up a really good point. Uh, many women get embarrassed about it because it does require a sense of letting go where so many of us are used to being controlled and we, and we have trouble being able to let go. Or controlling. Which, which, lets me, with, which leads me into that idea of the loops Renee, I read your book after the first interview that we had together and yeah. it was talking about the concept of love loops and right. how they can block us from attracting the person that we desire. Mm -hmm. What can you expand more on this idea of love loops for our listeners? Well, as a consultant for very busy people, I think a lot of really highly successful people, very sexual people, sometimes we, you know, we're busy, so we meet somebody, and then we feel this magic. And I found, uh, at least myself, and as you know, in my book, I reveal a lot of my own stuff that happened to me so that people can see that I'm here to say, hey, I understand how you feel. Yeah. So with most of my clients, when I do an evaluation, I say to them, well, let me ask you about your past relationships. Let's just name you know, like the main people that come to your mind when you think about love, because a lot of people, when they go through loops, that means they're creating the same person, male or female, over and over the same situation, the same circumstances. And I always say it was like dating the same man with a different appendage, you know, it was yeah. like dating the same guy over and over and over. It's like so, you're trying to correct the experience in this next person, huh? But the dick pics course. look different. Well, yeah, I, I didn't, you know, back then I wasn't getting those on my phone and yeah, I still don't like, it's just kind of, you know, you see them in person. But anyway, when you are, when you are getting involved with people, male or female, a lot of men will say, God, it was like the same, I was dating the same woman over and over. And some people even marry the same person over and over. 
And then when you actually go back into the psychology of how they were wired about love, a lot of it comes from their imprints of how they saw love and what they believe they deserve. So what I did was I have my clients write out their list. And I say, when you do this and you look at the names, can you actually go back to the feeling or experience that you had with, you know, Barbara or Susan or Bob or Steve or whatever. And it almost, I can't say every time, but almost every time they have a loop where they're they're doing the same action over and over. It's like it's like Groundhog Day. You wake up oh. and you, you know, you're in the same situation, but it's six months later. But mainly, I see that it's rushing. That people mm. rush in, and then they don't see the signs that that person is going to run after a certain level of intimacy, and then they have a loop, and then they get depressed, and they usually go out for a fix and get another loop. So they're not really opening their heart to see what blocks them from finding a true connection. Instead, they have a temporary person to fill the void in that moment, and then that becomes another loop. Uh, so we're all so just loopy. We're loopy, baby. We're loopy. But <laughs> more, importantly, more importantly, it's just um, a reflection. And that's what Get Real uh. About Love is, is to look at your heart and before you jump, and think to yourself, okay, I'm half naked on a couch, you know, with some person that I don't even know. This goes for male or female or gay or straight, doesn't matter. And you're like, do I really want to share this sacred part of myself and get caught in the energy of the sexual chemistry? Is is it casual? Where, you know, what am I really looking for? And sometimes when people loop, they're healing. So they keep healing again and again with with a different person with the same situation. You know, does that make yeah, I remember when when I did Heart to Happiness last year and I interviewed you and before I did, you gave me your book and I was reading through it and it was one of those books I couldn't put down because it was when we what we learn most about relationships and partnerships and things is that we those are where we're the most exposed. That's where the we're the most vulnerable and that's where we learn the most about ourselves. And so when people are like, oh, I'm too busy for relationships, I've, I work too much. I'm just thinking, gosh, then how are you growing? You know, if you're not getting to see your love loops and you're not healing yourself, then how are you growing? And there's a quote that I had starred in your book that I remember this was the start to my healing, my love loops. You can only expand your heart as far as as it is healed. Unlock your past imprints and be free to the unlimited supply of love. And last Sunday when I was at church, I heard Pastor Rick say that there's three things that we carry around and that in your in the same way that you describe it, Renee, is parts of what will continue the same patterns, the Groundhog Day. And that is if you're holding any any sort of grief, grudge or guilt from your past about yourself or about a person. So I want to hear what you have to say about those three G's. And then about that quote that I just read in your book and how people can start analyzing their love loop. Well, you know, when you do, most people, when I have sessions and they're very deep, you know, we've had one before, you get very deep with, you feel sad because, and you're going through grief because you were opening up to a connection and then it happened too fast and you guys didn't really have a foundation or discussion about what it meant to you or what it meant to the other person because you're in that moment, right? And then then you get sad about it and then you end up, you know, having guilt that you did it. <laughs> and then you get you hold a grudge 
against yourself sometimes and also against the other person. Because I know I work with these high-powered businessmen and women, and I just did this TV show, and the guy that I was on with was like, God, all of my men friends love that fix, you know, that boom, boom, boom. Like they get involved with a really beautiful woman. They're super busy. They have the sexual spark in the beginning. And then a couple days later, they feel kind of guilty because they knew they couldn't go the distance. And then they, the girl holds a grudge against them. And then it starts over and over. So the grief, it depends on where you are in the love loop. If you're at the end of it or if you're in the beginning of it, And then sometimes when you hold a grudge, sometimes you go, you know what, I'm going to go out and get laid and I'm going to just numb my pain. And then you do it again and you can't get out of it. So people need to get real, slow down. And and I always say when I was really healing myself, which is why I wrote my book, I had to be honest. And when I look back at my journals, I had every one of those, the three G's, the grief, you know, the grudges and the guilt, but I was doing it to myself. So That's I created really the powerful uh, insight. Yeah, the grief, the grudges, <laughs> and the oh, guilt. Ugh, I feel so like- when you look at your love loop and you write them down, you go, "Oh my God, I'm still holding energy toward Mario." Was my big one. You girls read the Mario story, right? Yes, girl. He was dating me. We were having great physical, sexual chemistry. We were addicted to each other. Then he would do something crappy. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I would wait. I would think, no, I'm never going to see him again. Mm-hmm. And then I would be angry, but I knew, and I was writing, don't go back. This isn't good. I would go against my own soul to get the feeling. And then I would be guilty again that I did it to myself. So wow. when people look at their love loops and they really can go back to look at the pattern, they can see that they have one part of them that believes that they're going to find love and the other part that has had grief or guilt or, uh, you know, even the uh, grudge, sometimes that grudge person, that grudge never gets healed. So you have to heal your grudges and you have to write the letters and do the processes to open your heart fully. And when you do that, you'll notice that the next time you go to meet somebody, you'll slow the process down ask the right questions to see where they're at so you do not get them back. You do not attract yourself to yourself. Yeah, and I think you speak so much for the collective, for men and women who contract at the result of these grief, the grudges, and the guilt, and they can't really fully be open to what they're calling in in a partner. And this is, you know, I just can think of how many times either myself or my friends or clients will say that they had that inner voice telling them, don't go back. This is not good for me. And they do it anyway. Well, you can, if, when you read the stories in my book, you're thinking, don't do it, Renee, don't do (laughs) it. Right. And even I knew it when I wasn't doing it. So I always tell my clients and it's even in the book, talk about sex first. And what are your expectations from it? You know, there's some people that can just go for it and not have any attachment. And I think that a lot of them are really numb. And there's whole communities of people that are very sex positive. And I know you're involved in all of this. And hey, it's all good if everybody's honest. But I think that sometimes you have one part that wants a connection and the other part that has the grudge and the hurt. So until you heal some of that, you're going to keep creating the same relationship again and again. 
So once I integrated the two parts of myself, when I'd have a couple shots of tequila and I was half, you know, making out with some man on my couch, I used to have to make that decision while I was a little bit intoxicated. So I would go up into the bathroom. I tell my clients, if you're having doubt, go check in with yourself. You know, you're half naked, go into the bathroom and look at yourself and say, listen, we've been drinking tequila or we've been smoking marijuana or whatever you've been doing. I've been humping on the dance floor for 20 minutes before (laughs) you got home, right? And now you're all horny. You don't even know the guy. You've never been at his house. You don't know his friends. You don't even know if he has a job. Renee. And he's he's telling you the whole deal and you have to check in. I just remembered when I first came to visit your house and your dog buddy humped me and peed on me. It sounds like this conversation. (laughs) I am so worthy of being humped and peed on. (laughs) Did you train him to do that? He just, he just, when Buddy, it's very interesting. My dog knows women that are sexual. Um, he knows women, and, and I have another girlfriend that he literally, when she comes in, he's a little multi-poo, um, and when he, when my girlfriend Trish comes over, he literally jumps on her lap, and he puts his arms around her neck and spreads his legs and his whole body on her body. <laughs> I have never seen him do that. Now he peed on you and humped on you, so you got like the royal, <laughs> the royal Golden treatment. Shower. Oh yeah, he, must, he, maybe you I know. Like it. that's why they say some men are dogs, right? They're like dogs; they just want to go for it. Yeah, so, well, he just didn't hold back. <laughs> no, he didn't hold back. But Man. what I'm trying to tell you, girls, is and men too, like. Men will go out with little vixens. There's vixens out there, you know, that trying to pull married men in. And the married men will think, oh, I can have a little fling before I go back to, you know, what happens in Vegas, stays in Vegas or whatever. And then they're they're in the bathroom going, do I really want to cheat on my wife? Do I really want to bring infidelity into my realm, you know? And I always say to these guys, if you're tempted, then stop yourself. If, if you feel guilty or you know it's going to cause pain later on with your wife or your girlfriend or whatever you're doing, stop and ask yourself, is this my little boy needing love in this moment? Is this my little girl needing approval because John lied to me last week and I found out he was with someone else? Whatever it might be, it's a love loop. Wow. You know, it's a love loop. You need to look at it so you don't create a different experience over and over. And then when you look at yourself and say, I... I don't know whether I want to get this close this soon. And yes, we can all be sensual and we can all be sexy and still have the connection without going all the way full blown in because some people get attached with intercourse. Other people's other people don't. You know, when you Renee, ever since I we became friends and um you know, we helped each other out and, and, and when I was dating and you had mentioned just slow down because I you identified you helped me identify the love loops inside of myself when I was approaching these relationships and it's helped me really slow down and evaluate um, and introspect and I wanted to offer a few stories that I know a lot of people today and this is from your book um, okay. we talk about these are conversations that create barriers to love and, I, and I'm bringing these ones up with asterisks because I hear these ones the most and, and I know Dr. Kat can also add to this so what I want to offer is when you're listening to these See if you can identify these within yourself. Do you say, do you find yourself saying these to yourself in your head? And then we'll talk about how to get to the bottom of your love loop and heal that. And then we'll talk about flirting to end the show. Yeah. So (laughs) do you find yourself, lovers, ever saying to yourself in your mind or your friends any of the following? I'm too busy right now. Love is not a priority for me. Or 
It is impossible for me to meet anyone that is my type. I am very picky. I've said that many times. Love often pulls me off balance and I tend to get distracted from my responsibility. Like I'm so important at work. (laughs) I can't find a good match on my level. Mm. And here's a couple other ones. I date men, train them, and then they marry the next girl. I have said uh-huh. that seven out of the last guys I dated married the next girl. I bet you have. <laughs> oh my god, me too. I just and then and then here's another one. When I go, oh, it's like that one movie, like um, Lucky Larry or something like that. Uh, Good luck, Chuck, is what it's called. When I go out, I always seem to attract jerks. That's, I hear that one a lot. Another one. I do not want anyone controlling me. I like my independence. Don't tell me what to do. Mm. Here's the last three asterisk. Men are difficult to please. They only want young, hot, sexy women. Or it's hard to find a man or woman who wants commitment. Or one I sadly hear very often. I do not believe in love. You're kidding Mm. me. I I think maybe it's because I surround myself with people who do believe in love. Yeah, (laughs) because you vibrate. You you have a vibrational frequency, maybe because of all the vibrators that you're using, or maybe it's just because it's coming from your heart. Girl, you have no idea. Yeah. Maybe both. Well, just wait till our future shows, you guys. We're going to be sharing some really amazing toys that we agree with that we want you to consider trying that are amazing for you. So they will raise your vibrational frequency through your vagina. (laughs) Um, But anyway, do any of those comments sound familiar to any of you and Renee or did you want to say something Dr. Kat? Renee well if any of these are any of our listeners how do you recommend people get to the bottom of these well the thing is these beliefs came from loops usually they came from experiences that you either either experienced yourself or saw when you were young or heard from role models in your life whether it's your boss your mom your sisters You know, in my case, it was infidelity weaved throughout my generations and my family. And many of us are trained there. It's all unconscious. It's in our unconscious mind. These things that we were shown and taught and what happens sometimes. And and I don't know, um, in NLP, and I know, you know, this, the brain stores memories in how they happen to you. So if you were young and got rejected like I did in my kindergarten when my little boyfriend, uh, I was in kindergarten, he picked the princess on Halloween over me and I thought I was an ugly little girl and that meant it. Uh, I was in my little cot, my little Bam Bam leopard costume and he was playing with me and the little pink princess showed up and then he just got mesmerized by her sparkles. Totally dissed me for the blonde And I remember telling my mom, I said, I'm not pretty enough. And Anthony left me for the princess, right? And it became a running theme where I was the one men didn't pick and they picked someone else. And that became something that was stuck in my little head and heart for many years. And that is why I created the love loop of men marrying girls after me, right? So... You know, and then it happened again when I was 12. My girlfriend, uh, like, seduced my little boyfriend into a truck, and I caught um, him with his hand up her shirt, and I thought, wow, sex gets men to like you. Not a good love loop uh, uh, or, you know, a proclamation to make at at 12 years old realizing that. So then each man that I met always ended up leaving me because I was an overgiver, And then I got into loops where they would say, thanks, you know, you were a lot of fun. And then they'd get committed to the next girl. And it happened a lot. 
So when I saw the pattern, I realized it was from my family. I was shown to kind of overlook uh, warning signs and just pretend that everything was okay. So all of us have some type of mantra that got installed in us somewhere in our lives about sex, about dating, about love when you were young. And then those voices just get bigger and bigger. And the conversations that you have with yourself and the things you say to other people, that's all the people know of you is, oh, poor, you know, poor Diane, she keeps finding uncommittal men. And then you go, yeah, they're all like that. And that's not true. It is not true. It's so uncommittal. All he does is ever send dick pics, no flowers. <laughs> no one sends me flowers you don't anymore, just send dick pics. Dick pics anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, it's about connection. I mean, dick pics are easy to send. How many, you wonder on Tinder, how many dick pics is this guy sending? So it's about getting to know somebody's soul, especially if you want. That's why I say I help people to evaluate. Like when you were introducing me, you're saying, wow, you know, she helps people to design their life. Well, what kind of life do you want? If you want to have sex all the time, good for you. Be honest. And I always tell players, if you're a player, tell the girl up front or a man up front. <laughs> I'm you know, a player. If that person drops their panties and sends you dick pics or whatever, pussy pics, then it's your responsibility that you designed it that way. You open the doorway with your sexuality, you lured that in, and if you keep getting the same thing over and over, then change your love loop. Wow, what an empowering statement to say, we chose this design of our love life right now, mm -hmm. and we have the power to choose to create a different one. Yep, and I did that. I finally, well, I, I love men, and I love sensuality, and I'm a very sensuous person, and I knew, you know, how to put the, you know, the flirting is one of my arts. I'm a, I still teach it. I love teaching it. But it was more about me knowing myself. And sure, women do have to lure men in with flirting because men get scared to death, especially some of the most beautiful women are the loneliest women. Mm. You know, some of the most beautiful women are so, some of them are such snuts and they think they're so all that. But underneath it all, they're lonely. Wow. Um, I've, I've worked with a lot of stars who I'm not allowed to say, and some of them are the most loneliest because they don't know if somebody wants them for their fame or for themselves wow. and really super beautiful models and actors that I meet. They're very insecure. They have this outer shell, but on the inside, they're very insecure. I love so, that you say that because a lot of people idealize them and, and, and think, oh, they have the perfect life and they're so happy because they're attractive or because they have money, but they don't realize the type of attention that they're getting in their love, in their romantic life. But when you have something, when you, women that are attractive but maybe not be a supermodel, some of them that find love, and women, women beautiful women will say to me, this girl wasn't even that as, as attractive as me, and she met the most amazing man and got married, and I don't mm. understand. She's kind of heavy, and she's not really that beautiful, and she doesn't dress that well. I said, she, she has game inside. She loves herself. She knows who she is, and yeah. that inner core comes out and the man is attracted to that you know he's attracted to the way she makes him feel instead of being about me 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 I need my attention oh and people that are so narcissistic or so full of themselves I mean I hate to say it some of them are very shallow when it comes to really going deep so they have love loops 
sometimes more often than others. Wow. So when we're thinking about creating attach or uh, attention and, and like um, so flirting with other people in 2017, I feel like a lot of us are confused how to approach each other or how to show interest and non-interest in a way that's access- accessible and acceptable. So what would you say would be some shoulds and should nots? Yeah, can we talk about flirting, please, please? Can we talk about okay. flirting? Well, well, first of all, people that go through love loops, when you get the grief and then you have the guilt and then you feel like crap, you don't even want to do it, right? So then you get a hold up and then sometimes you'll go out every once in a while. I still say what is missing in this whole dating world, and I just was at a big long love conference with all the love coaches and matchmakers from around the world, and we were all talking about it. The phones and the technology are literally causing more loneliness than actual connection. So that's why it's important for people to literally, I always say, within a four, even a mile from your house, if you live somewhere that isn't, you know, in the middle of nowhere, you have to start breaking your patterns and being in your own environment if you like where you live. Now, I live in Marina Del Rey. I walk everywhere. And I am a big flirt of life anyway. I love people. But most people do not connect even eye to eye because everybody's on their phone, even when they're crossing the lights, people in their cars. I used to flirt with people in my car when I when people weren't looking at their frigging texts (laughs) over at the red lights because I like to sing in my car. And sometimes people look over at me and they think I'm crazy. Um, But I I'm a very big on building community within wherever you live. So flirting is about being out, putting yourself out there, whether it's at a convention or going to the gym or, but breaking your pattern. So flirting is looking at your life and saying, am I having fun when I'm out? Okay. Well, Renee, could- I got to stop you right there real quick. So the gym, right? I'm at the gym all the time. Do you know that I have not once been approached by any guy at the gym and been asked out in the last five years? So there's something about potentially me, and I've been talked to other women about this too, that we're not giving them a signal potentially to approach us to flirt. So like when we are out and about, can you give us some tips on how to even like flirt with them maybe to give them the, the, the green light to flirt with us? Or do we just go walk up to them and flirt? Well, it's more about sending the green light signals. Like not every man that you're going to be at the gym is married. You know, some of them are married. Some of them are, you know, they're older and they're looking at you going, oh my God, look how beautiful that girl is. They get all nervous. So when you go to the same place every day, you just say, good morning. How are you? I see you in here all the time, right? So if, if you're talking to people in general, when you're being kind and open to strangers, because that's what they are, they're strangers, you start to become familiar if you go at the same time. I go at the same time almost every day, and I know all these men uh, and women. I meet them, and I'll I'll compliment them. So compliments, okay? We all dress. Wait, wait, cute- hold on. Go back one. Just go back one one step. Everyone's wearing their earbuds. So what do you do? Walk up to them and just say, "Hey, pull your earbud out." Hey, I noticed you hear all the. <laughs> so that's no. That's what you're saying about the phone thing. It would be an thing. acknowledgement, eye contact, and a smile Love first. It. Yes. Yes. Wave okay. to that. Wave to them across the room, and then you, <laughs> as you're walking by, they might pull because you gave somebody a green light signal. They might pull out their friggin' earbud and say, and you could say, "I see you here every every other day." 
and it makes me curious, why are you here at 10 o'clock in the morning? What do you do for a living? Or whatever it might be. Or, you know, you always dress. So there's all these women at the gym and they're like little, you know, prissies and they're running around and I always see them. They look lonely to me. And um, so I'm always smiling and so one girl looks at me and goes, you're always so nice to everybody. Who are you? <laughs> and I said, I just, I just feel like if I'm going to be here, I want to have fun. You know, I want to, mm. I, I'll, I compliment people or I'll say, oh my God, you lost so much weight. I've been, I don't even know who you are, but you look great. And the woman will be like, oh my God. And she'll go, what's your name? And I go, Renee. And then she's like, oh my God, what do you do? I'm a love. Oh, oh my God, my friend needs you. She's going through a divorce. <laughs> so now it's. It's all about being in the moment with people wherever you are. In a yoga class, you, people don't have their earbuds in yoga class. They don't have their earbuds in during a body sculpting class or a body you know, kickboxing class. That's when you see the same people over and over and over, right? And that's how I met my best friends, Teresa, Susan. My girlfriend, Susan, this is an example. I was on the stairs in Santa Monica. And my dentist was there and he saw this pretty girl and he came over to me and he goes, Renee, can you hook me up with that girl? So I was going up and down and she was going up and down and I said, excuse me, I'm not gay, but my dentist <laughs> saw you and he thinks you're gorgeous and I want to introduce you to him. Are you single? And she said, yes, I am. So we went back up to the stairs. I did an introduction on the top of the stairs and she didn't like him that much, but she liked me. So we ended up you know, I took her out. Uh, it was her birthday. I invited all these men to her birthday party, and we became friends. And we've been friends now for 17 years. Wow! That was a flirting with life example. So I wasn't trying to meet a girlfriend or a new friend, but it just happens. If you look around at the loneliness that there is in the world and see a stranger just by saying "Good morning, how are you?" or "Wow, isn't it a beautiful day?" or "Wow, your phone cover is cool. Where did you get it?" or you know, I love your hat. You look great today. Start with people. And then when you see people that you're attracted to, you're so used to talking to people. A man that's attractive is no different than, a, you know, a girl or a man that's attractive is no different than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, what, so I'm hearing, what I'm hearing you say, Renee, uh, just tying up all of this that you're sharing with us about how to flirt, I'm hearing there's an element of presence. So being in the moment being playful, being open, and this idea of allowing yourself to be that play, that playful, flirty self and not have to worry about an end result. So it's not so much it's a not, zero yeah, to 100. Yeah. It's no. literally just being in that state of play. So you can meet people magically by getting yourself into a flirting zone before you leave the house. Okay, I'm going to summarize everything that you just mentioned and I these, love when you do that for yeah me, yeah because I think that you know th what you just said um and in my the my words is um and here's the three steps and I, I think these are like three powerful takeaways that we can all take with us I'm gonna write these down and post it and put it on my forehead before I leave the house every morning oh wait okay. no that's not the first step the first step is to to assume the interaction. So before you even leave the house, assume that there's going to be some sort of interaction today where you are ready for it. You have your lipstick on, you have your nicer shorts on, you actually do your hair, whatever that is for whatever gender, you know, be presentable. Don't leave the house looking like you just rolled out of bed. 
So that's step number Some one. Some people look good when they roll out of bed. Well, hey, you know. yeah, but but hey, we want them I to mean, put a little effort more in. More power to you. Yeah, you put the effort in and you get the outcome. Okay, so that's step number one uh, is assume the interaction. Number and then step two, and this is really funny because I one of my very good friends, he and I dated for a while, but we made this funny joke up. We're gonna develop an app. It's a dating app, and it's called Go Outside. So right. get outside, and 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 I would just phrase quickly sum that up as saying play that just so happens to be one of the three actions in our eat play sex podcast Can I, so get I want to add play. one thing to go outside Wait, hold on hold on okay. hold on let me summarize these three and then we can add to the go outside step three is to when you are outside be open make eye contact flirt and for women i would say open the door for the men to be able to step into a conversation that could lead to something and then men be observant and see the play, see the door open and take it when you see that door open. Don't run away from it and play with that. And also, before you even approach the woman or if it's vice versa, be OK with rejection. Be OK with ter- being turned down. So do not attach yourself to the outcome of that conversation. And so then if you get the eat, play, eat, play, sex whole order. If you're out there playing, then the next thing you may get from that interaction is a date. Maybe you're eating some food and then maybe in the near future, you will have some amazing sex. So there it all comes together. So those are the three. Those are three. I would say takeaways from the show. I know you wanted to add something to step two, Renee. Go outside. Well, it's not assuming it. It's creating the fun. It's being that in that energy of it. And some people when they're in their love loops don't have that anymore because they're like, oh, God, I feel so bad about this. Change it up. I mean, you created a loop and then next time, but, but if you're in a funk, you're not going to go out and have fun, right? You're not going to go out and have fun. So I say, create your fun before you even, like tell yourself when I go out today, I'm going to keep myself open to it. So that's it. The go outside is go outside of your normal comfort zones a little bit. Like people drive the same way. They, they don't get like, I always say men, ladies, men are out early in the morning getting on their way to work, getting coffee, and then on their way home getting dinner, okay? You need to go outside your regular box and your regular routine to meet people in your local community that are out doing things right before work and after work. So I used to always go to the local coffee shop in the morning, early in the morning, and then go out to take out places that are healthy to meet healthy guys at night. And I always would walk into restaurants. I'm like, there's nobody in here except men. Where are all the women? <laughs> so go outside your box. Go outside. Instead of just go outside, go outside your box of love your it. normal everyday thing. Love I it. love okay? it. That's so wonderful. Renee, you are just one of my favorite people. I, I said this to you the first time I met you. I believe you're my spirit animal. Oh, <laughs> thank so you. Cool. Thank Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been such a pleasure. Renee is the author of Get Real About Love, The Secrets to Opening Your Health and Finding True Love. If you want to find out. Your heart. Your heart. You're opening your heart. Your heart is your (laughs) And your health. Yes. If you want to find out more, check out ReneePiane.com. You know, I'm going to send this book to the dick pic guy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. And, you know, it's in audio now. I read the whole book, and boy, was it something to tell the stories out loud. And I have to say, as you, everything that you think, everything that you speak, everything that you pray becomes your reality. So watch the words you speak 
and watch your thoughts before you go out. That's part of the creating your fun every day. Think positive things. And if you're in a loop, you should call me. I'll get you out of it. All right. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. That's eatplaysex.com. And in the meantime, stay sexy, lovers, because sex Sex matters. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out katmeyer.com or dianekazer.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.